Hello and welcome to the Pinstripe Valley Podcast, opening day edition. Huzzah! Yeah. I'm Andrew Mearns, joined by Kun Shah, as always. How are you? That's me. I'm doing well. I'm excited for baseball. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm also ready to, you know, not watch some meaningless crap in Tampa with a whole bunch of players that I don't really care about. Like, all due respect to you, Max McDowell, but I don't need to see you taking at-bats. That's a real person. Yeah, he's one of the random catchers <laughs> that, like, floats around the team. <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> yeah, our good pal Max McDowell, star of the Pinstripe Valley podcast, and who everyone must talk about on opening day, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm still not even sure if you made up this name or not. But anyway, enough Max McDowell chat. <laughs> oh, man, well, well, listen to this. Uh, I am informed by my pal Google that Max McDowell's middle name is Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't know if I'll recover from that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. So aside from a you know MVP Max McDowell, we have plenty of more interesting things to discuss in this podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about some the recent late Yankees news at the end of spring training, and then we're going to do a draft that will be a lot of fun. But uh, first, we should get into the big news from the past week, which is that uh, Luke Voigt will be starting the season on the injured list because he has to have some surgery in his knee. So that's a, that's a big old bummer, but I guess not entirely surprising considering how he seemed this spring, but they'll make do. Yeah. I mean, I guess he was limping around and, or like not just didn't look quite right, but you know, this gives us time for Jay Bruce season, I guess, which is always fun. I guess if we're in 2017 and that's when the Yankees wanted him. Yeah, it is funny how most of the spring it seemed like a question. Oh man, who are the Yankees going to take? Jay Bruce, DJ, or not Jay Bruce or DJ LeMahieu? Good God! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know just you know we just sign DJ LeMahieu, but we might just you know stick Jay Bruce a second. <laughs> we, we just gave this guy ninety million dollars, but Jay, Jay Bruce, Bruce, you know, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So we were all like, well, are they going to go? Jay Bruce or Mike Talkman, And as it turns out, the answer is both because Jay Bruce can fake it enough at first base that the Yankees are making him their opening day first baseman, which um, I obviously understand, but also just as powerful Lyle Overbay vibes, if you ask me. Yeah, it's not going to be great, but if they stick him in like center field because they just can't afford to lose his bat, then we probably have a lot of bigger concerns. Oh, yeah. And as Jake noted in his uh, season preview post on Jay Bruce the other day, all he really needs to do is fake it in April and maybe May enough to hopefully patch over until Voigt comes back. And, you know, Vernon Wells was terrible, but he was at least good for one month in 2013. So maybe as long as that one good month of Jay Bruce is allocated early, they won't be that bad. Yeah, I mean... Jay Bruce can at least run into one every once in a while. And like, exactly. this lineup is so strong that like it really shouldn't break if one person goes down or one person is missing an uh, amount of time. It's basically when like three or four of the regulars kind of start to miss time. That's when you start to worry. But like this is a team that has Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Glaber Torres, potentially Gary Sanchez coming back. I mean, this is a deep lineup. So like, not that, you know, you can afford to lose a Luke Boyd or you're fine with losing a Luke Boyd for a month or two. But if having Luke Boyd not be there for the first couple months is really going to make or break the season, then a lot of other things also went wrong. 
Yeah, and it's a big bummer to not have the guy who literally led the majors in home runs last season. Granted, abbreviated right. season as always, but still, like that's a big bat out of the lineup. And even though Jay Bruce can run into one every now and then, you'd prefer a Voight for sure. But fortunately, as you said, this is the lineup. This is the kind of lineup that can afford to have like a weak spot here and there if they need to. Just because if everyone's clicking on all cylinders, then it shouldn't really be a huge problem. No, yeah, and like even if the Jay Bruce experiment is failing, I mean or he needs a day off, whatever it is, they do have some options of playing around with like sliding DJ over to first, potentially, I guess, using Wade a little bit more than you want. But again, if Jay Bruce is just completely, you know, bombing out there, having Tyler Wade in for his defense and DJ at first is not really going to make much of a difference. And at least the infield will be a little bit more, more secure. And then if Miguel Andujar, you know, returns from the blip and, you know, comes back into existence, then they, you know, they they can potentially play around with having Gio Urshela at short, sliding Glaber over, like you know, doing a little bit of just having fun with it. I guess obviously it's not ideal to kind of move everyone out of their positions and all that, but again, they're not really screwed if uh, Jay Bruce doesn't deliver. Is pretty much what it comes down to, which is good. Yeah, and it was fortunate that they were able to keep Derek Dietrich around. He's going to go to the alternate site in April too. So if uh, Bruce gets hurt or it bombs, then you know there's a break glass in case of emergency option, and that's good to have around too. If any of the other infielders happens to go down, just because Dietrich is not going to win any Gold Gloves out there, but he can fake it as well if they need to call him up. Yeah, but such is life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we must move on. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. It seems like everything else is pretty much settled in. We got the pitching situation mostly resolved as of the time that we're recording. The Yankees have not announced their 26th man yet, though it seems pretty likely that it'll be Lucas Slicky. But we don't really have to spend too much time deliberating on that exactly, since hopefully the last guy in the bullpen isn't too much of a difference maker, even though we both really like Licky, I think. We titled our last podcast episode about him. But <laughs> Hey, um, I'm a fan of anybody who's a stay-at-home person and a Major League <laughs> Baseball player at the same time. It's quite the feat. It's quite yes. the feat. But it does seem like they have the rest of their pitching settled. We'll have Domingo Harmon at the end of the rotation. Debbie Garcia will be at the alternate site. Nick Nelson and Michael King were named as some of the other relievers on the roster. With Justin Wilson going on the injured list, which was, again, to be expected based on the reports on his shoulder. And it seemed like he just needed a little bit of rest. So he probably won't be gone for too long. But the Yankees have their reinforcements there. So it seems like they have a good idea of what's going on now. Yeah, and... You know, a couple things on that, like Justin Wilson missing time does kind of sting because, like, you know, he was one of the quote unquote key additions to the bullpen this offseason. But uh, as we saw all spring, he was really not quite there. So if it's just the injury and he just needs some time to kind of get back to form, then, you know, take a week or two or whatever it takes to just kind of get back there and get healthy. And then uh, hopefully we'll see more of the Justin Wilson we've seen the last few years rather than the one we saw this spring. Exactly. They got some time to work that out and hopefully they'll they'll get it all settled. And the Yankees do have some other pretty good bullpen weapons that they can use in place of having to rely on Wilson too much. That's that's nice as well. It's good that when, you know, you can lose a Zach Britton and, you know, Chapman's going to be suspended for the first two games of the season and he's still got to slide in like a Chad Green as your de facto closer, even though if he's not officially a closer. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say I'm a little disappointed that Davey Garcia didn't uh, make that fifth starter and didn't win the competition, but it's not really that much of a crazy thing. I mean, like Aaron Boone's talked about how they're probably going to use six starters all in April. So I feel like we're probably just like a week or two away from seeing him in the big league. So it'll be fun to see when he gets called up and, you know, gets his shot. Maybe he'll stick around. I think right now it's just they have built in off days and just 
you know, they have five other starters, so there's no point in, you know, taking over a potential bullpen spot or whatever for a starter that they're not really going to use in the first, at least like week or so. Yeah. And it's a thing where, yeah, I would have liked to see Garcia in the opening day rotation, but ultimately it's just sort of a procedural thing and we'll end up seeing plenty of Debbie Garcia if he's healthy in 2021. I don't really have much doubt about that. So he'll get his chances and maybe this will be another way to manage his innings as well so that we have more of more of a chance of seeing him down the stretch as well. And he doesn't have to be pushed into like a relief role or something like that. So hopefully we'll get to see more of Debbie Garcia down the stretch. And I think he'll still be a big part of the Yankees future plans. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, like you said, you know, it's just a procedural move. He's, he's going to be up here. We're going to see a lot of them. And yeah, he had one bad start in his final start, but like, I really don't think that that's the reason that he's not making the roster. So like, nah. it's just like a, Hey, it's a numbers thing right now. <laughs> You're definitely, we're definitely going to see him and, you know, hopefully he can kind of live up to what he showed us last year. Right. And as we've, we pointed out a few times at this rotation uh, as it stands right now to, there will probably be an injury here or there with a Kluber or a Tyone or a Montgomery even. So stay tuned for that, for sure, for any sort of Debbie cameo appearances and probably ones from other uh, starters who are around the minors that King could certainly move over and be a starter as well. Nelson has starting experience. So most teams that are really successful end up having to use like seven or eight or nine starters during a season and that's like the strategy that makes like the Dodgers work so well like David Price starting the season in the bullpen because the rotation is so absurd so right this this is a good problem to have yeah and like the Yankees outside of Garrett Cole have a rotation that has a lot of potential I mean we've talked about this a lot but also innings that need to be managed and just kept an eye on so while they may not just you deploy like a standard six man rotation where it's just one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, I think we'll see pretty much close to an even amount of starts from starters two through five than you would normally expect. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's right. And I also don't mean to compare the Yankees rotation to the Dodgers rotation because breaking hey, news, hey, the Dodgers may have an edge. Um... <laughs> no, 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 it's exactly the same. The Yankees are better. You're wow. right. Well, it's true. Well, it is true that Garrett Cole is better than Trevor Bauer, so I will take that. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, should we move on to our draft? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so this draft is a very simple premise. It's things we're excited about from the 2021 Yankees. I mean, it's very straightforward, but it's it's the time for opening day is a time for excitement, and we're ready to dive into that and talk about our favorite things that we're hoping to see this season. So do you want to go first or shall I? Sure. Perfect season. They're going to do it. 162 and 0. Oh, done. Wow. Great. (laughs) No. um, So yeah, sure. I'll go first. But in actuality, the first thing I'm excited about, which is I'm going to cheat a little bit here. It's not really specific to the Yankees and it's not really something I'm very excited about, but at the same time I am. So just give me a, just bear with me for a minute, people. Yes. The one thing I'm kind of excited to see is uh, fans in the stands. And when I say that, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with like fans kind of coming back already. I feel like it's still a little too early. But that being said, just seeing people in the stands kind of, you know, at least to me, shows a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, whereas like last year, this just completely wasn't possible, even at limited capacity. So it's just nice to be able to know that like, you know, fans are going to be able to go with, uh, again, limited capacity and all that, all that. In fact, hopefully, you know, they take all the rules and social distancing and everything seriously, but it's just to me, it's good, and I'm excited to kind of see that where, and if everything's done right, then potentially by the end of the season, and at the very least next year, you know, we'll probably be close to 
full capacity, which is a good thing, again, if done right. Yeah, it's it was weird watching regular season baseball played in empty stadiums throughout last year for totally understandable and justified reasons. But it was just very odd. And the players have talked about it. It was very unsettling. And it was they're like very competitive freaks of nature who get a lot of adrenaline from like the roar of a crowd. And at Yankees games in particular, you'll certainly get your share of that. So yeah. it was... It just very disappointing to like see home runs sail to nobody. It made me feel like I was watching like games at the Trop and the De Rays were in the Devil Rays era and no one was going and just so, climbing on like, empty seats. Or like 2019 when they're, they're the, just the Rays and nobody's going. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like not the same. And it will be great to see fans in the stands again in a responsible manner. And I think they will be a very gradual move up in capacity to where uh, everything will be more normal. And ho- assuming that there are no variant outbreaks or anything like that, and we still need to be vigilant about that. I still worry about a Texas variant, but can only right. deal with the problems that are right in front of us right now. So I think New York will hopefully do a better job. I hope so, but that's why I said like it's a very cautious optimism, but it is still nice to just see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my first pick is a full season of Garrett Cole because that guy can freaking pitch. This is my analysis, and uh, I hope you agree. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, he's been a very exciting pitcher for a while. I mean, you know, Brian Cashman's been after this dude for like a decade now and it, we kind of felt like we were you know sold short on you know his first year as a Yankee and we got like what like a handful of starts from him instead of like you know all the 30 plus that we would normally see so it'll definitely be exciting just to know that you know in a full full year full season games that we're going to see Garrett Cole pitch every fifth day and do it for us instead of against us now yeah we saw 12 regular season starts and three playoff starts from Cole and you know in 2019 he gave the Astros 33 starts in the regular season plus five more in the playoffs because they went deep so that's the kind of long season that I would love to see from Garrett Cole and he's the kind of guy that this team is really going to rely on because he's if he doesn't throw 200 innings, then they're going to have a lot of problems figuring out where the rest of those are coming from. But he's the kind of workhorse you can do it. And his strikeout stuff is just so absurd to watch when he's on. He'll strike out 13, 14 batters so easily. And we can only count on him to do that for so long, but we're still very early in his contract. And I fully expect him to be at the top of his abilities. And, you know, getting to watch, you know, CC Sabathia in his prime a decade ago, that was incredible stuff. And it's, it's a lot of the same feeling when you're watching Garrett Cole now. Yeah, I mean, we've the last like four or five years prior to last year, we've been talking about how the Yankees just need an ace. They need one pitcher to kind of step up and lead the lead that rotation and be that guy. Well, Garrett Cole is that guy, and now we'll get him for a full year, at least you know for the first time a full year as uh, as, as a Yankee. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I I endorse it. He is good. <laughs> Garrett, good. You heard it here first, guys. Okay, uh, who do you want? Or who, so, who are you drafting next? So next, I'm going to go with. Um, I want to. I'm excited to see a full season of Clint Frazier as an everyday left fielder. I still think Brett Gardner's probably going to play a little bit more than I want him to, but as of right now, it's Clint Frazier's job to lose. I hope the Yankees hold to that. And I mean, we've been talking about this guy since 2016 when uh, he came over with the Andrew Miller trade. We've talked about his legendary bat speed. 
we saw what he could do last year with regular playing time. Now, again, this is that's obviously a short season, the limited sample size. Now we get to see it hopefully over the course of a full season. Hopefully, you know, he stays healthy and he's just going to be that, you know, exciting prospect that we thought he would, that we, well, he's not a prospect anymore, but we, he's going to be that exciting player that we thought he was going to be. Yeah, and we saw just a little bit of how talented he could be in 2020 with how hot he was when he first came up. And the Yankees are confident enough in him that they've said he's our left fielder. You know, they brought back Brett Gardner, but the idea that they've said over and over is is that he's going to be the regular, so he's going to get his shot. And it will be great to see how he does over a full season. And we'll we'll at least get some definitive answers. Like if he slumps again and he, he can't really adjust, then maybe the Yankees will know a little bit more about them but then they'll actually know something. It's been hard to get like a definitive answer on him over the past few years because of the combination of his jumping up and down between AAA and the majors, and then occasionally running into injuries too. And having the concussion problems as well was just a real drag for him personally, I'm sure, but it it was hard to track from a development perspective. So we'll know exactly, well, we won't know exactly who Clint Frazier is after 2021, but we'll definitely have a pretty good idea. Yeah. And I think you hit a very key point here about um, if and when he slumps, because I mean, everyone goes through slumps and how he adjusts to that so like I'll be very curious to see how much of a leash the Yankees give him he's not like somebody like an Aaron Judge who's earned like a long leash or anything like that but at the same time I kind of hope he has like a long leash because I want to see if he can kind of you know make the adjustments and kind of break out of it instead of just like you know he has like a, a bad four games and then all of a sudden he's like benched or something like that I really hope that's not what they're doing what they end up doing with him and I really hope they give him a real chance to kind of you know break out of his own funk Again, if and when he hits that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Okay, my so, next guy is going to be the dude who you just mentioned, the very large baseball man who can hit baseballs very far and uh, is very nice. His name is Aaron Judge, <laughs> and uh, he is a, an absurdly talented baseball player to watch when he's on the field. And obviously, we always have that caveat with him when he's on the field because he hasn't played over 100 15 games in a season since that rookie season in 2017. But, 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 as always, if he can hang around, he is a talent that not many teams have around. And he can carry a lineup for so long when he's hot. So I am looking forward to watching some big boy dingers in 2021. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to preface this by saying Andrew and I have not shared with each other what our lists or what we're going to draft is at all. Nah, but I feel done. like the next two or three are going to be very similar, at least from my end in uh, in theme. But no, yeah, it's definitely it, it, Aaron Judge is somebody who, you know, you could start with number one and he could be the only thing you're excited about as far as Yankees baseball is concerned. And you would not be wrong. Like he's just mm-hmm. a fun, fun player to watch. He's seems like a very nice, genuine, down-to-earth kind of guy, too. So he's someone who's very easy to root for as well. And, you know, it'll just be great to see. Hopefully he can stay healthy and just mash him. And then I kind of want to see, like, a little bit of a race between him and John Carlos Stanton to who see which one's going to get to 74, because I'm predicting 74 dingers for each of them, by the way. Good. I'm, I'm glad we're keeping things reasonable. <laughs> if I was being unrealistic, I would have said 75 for each. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't get crazy now, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Judge, good at baseball. What about you? So again, like I said, it's going to be a very similar in theme, but my next one is going to be uh, John Carlos Stanton. So I was just watching like a highlight from like that double he ripped the other day. And it's just like when the dude gets, makes contact with the ball, it's just so fascinating to watch because there's just no effort whatsoever. He just like, ding, and then just the ball just 
flies. It's like going like 15,000 miles per hour. That's what StatCat said. Don't, don't check me. I'm, I'm right. 15,000 miles per hour. And it's just crazy the amount of strength and talent he has as well. Obviously, since he got here, there's the whole, oh my God, he's overpaid and hasn't really kind of quote unquote lived up to the hype. Again, I'm hoping he's healthy. I'm hoping for a full season from him because if he is, he's he genuinely might be one of my favorite players, if not my favorite current player to watch hit a ball. Yeah, he's even more of a roll the dice than judge because he's has an even more checkered injury history and it basically has not had a healthy season at all since 2018. At least judge has been healthy enough to play in like at least a hundred games for the semi-healthy seasons, but Stan has not played over 30 games since 2018. So, you know, it would be nice to see him do that, but you're right. He is in the world of ridiculous baseball sluggers. (laughs) Giancarlo Stan stands out because no one hits the ball like he does. And, And that's not an exaggeration. You just look at how all these exit velocity readings and every time that there's a leaderboard, Stanton's all over it. I still remember in 2019, he only played 18 games and he still had like five of the top 10 exit velocities. It doesn't make sense that anyone can hit the ball this hard, but he can. And before we move on, I will I'll just like to add one more point. He's also built like a Greek god. Yes. That's, that's it. That's the point. He, he <laughs> yoked. He yoked. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, so if we could even get like a half season of healthy Giancarlo, it would be delightful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my my next pick is going to be the guy who was actually the team's MVP for the last two years, uh, DJ LeMahieu. Definitely a very spoiled Yankee thing to like have this terrific player who's been the leader of your team for the past two seasons, and he's not being mentioned until third or fourth round in our little draft thing. Right. <laughs> but. <laughs> That's just the kind of player that DJ LeMahieu is. He'll just go out there, pepper like two or three hits a night, and play good defense at second base, can can even play other infield positions in a pinch too. And he will just lead the offense, spark rallies, and do it without really ever cracking a smile. And, you know, that's obviously I enjoy baseball players expressing emotions in any way, shape, or form. But there's also something really funny about how robotic and amazing DJ LeMahieu is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love watching baseball players just live their best life and have fun, but it, it kind of adds just to his character where he's just like, you know, rips a double and he just walks in like, yes, I am a human being. I did a baseball, but <laughs> no, he, he's definitely someone to be excited about somebody who I feel like compared to some of the other people we've just recently mentioned outside of maybe Garrett Cole, somebody you could actually rely on or not rely on, but feel confident about like actually being out there. Cause he's been there the last two years. We haven't really seen any crazy injury, anything from him, knock on wood. He'll be there. He'll probably be leading the Yankees in average and, you know, probably fighting for like a major league batting average title or whatever it is. He's just going to be fun. And you know, he has fun nicknames like the machine. Can't the go machine. wrong with the machine. The machine. The LeMahieu. The Mayhew. The Mayhew. <laughs> Uh, I guess on a similar note, I will take Corey Kluber for my next pick because this is the kind hey, of player you got who's two in a row. Hmm? You skipped me. Oh, I did. Okay, <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> I'm just trying to dominate this draft by like cheating, you know. <laughs> Apparently, wow. Bill Belichick. And I'm the Houston Astros in this draft. I stole your signs. Oh, that's, a better, that's a better. That's a better reference than my random NFL one. <laughs> When it comes to cheating, I just think of Bill Belichick. Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyway, continue. Mine was going to be Corey Kluber, too. <laughs> Fine, you can take Corey Kluber. I don't even want him. <laughs> I don't want him. 
no, no. Uh, so in actuality, my uh, next thing is going to be Gary Sanchez. I very much love Gary Sanchez. I think he's a great baseball player, hopefully. But this is very much a make or break year for him as it comes to at least his Yankees career. Uh, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I think if he doesn't put up this year, then we very well might be seeing the last of Gary Sanchez as the Yankees catcher. He's had a very uneven career so far, even though it's young. But, you know, I mean, you've seen it from his uh, rookie year to, I think it was in 2018, where he, if he hits, he's probably one of the best hitting, if not the best hitting catcher in baseball right now. But then we saw last year, if he doesn't hit, oh man, it's rough to watch. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I had Gary on my board too, but it was going to be one of those late round, like lottery ticket picks. Like maybe (laughs) this will work out or maybe this will blow up in my face because that's kind of what uh, Gary Sanchez is at this point. But I I still like Gary Sanchez. He definitely deserves another full season shot to keep his job as the Yankees catcher. But I'm with you too, that if, if it's not working out in 2021, then they might have to move on because the Yankees can't really afford to have a catcher of questionable defensive renown who can't hit behind the plate either because you know that's not doing anything for anyone but the good thing is that Gary Sanchez has the kind of talent that he can still be an all-star which he was in 2019 which was not that long ago even though 2020 made it feel like 40 years ago yeah I mean 2020 was just rough for like almost everyone so like you kind of want to give him a little bit of a pass but again it's been very uneven so it's not even just like that was like the one time he was bad or anything like that so hopefully, you know, he can kind of, you know, reclaim his claim to the job, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, it's his job right now. Yeah. Kyle Higashioka, uh, Robinson Chirinos, whenever he gets healthy, Rob Brantley are not really threatening Gary to be the everyday catcher right now. But if he's continuing in a downward spiral, I mean, it's not going to be great if the Yankees go out and then they're going to go out and trade for like Austin Romine and I might actually cry. <laughs> Did you know that he's on the Cubs? I did. I did. Only because I saw a picture of a lot of hair and behind it was Austin Romine's face. (laughs) Buried in there, you know. Yeah, somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, but the only real threat to Gary Sanchez's job is Max McDowell, as we know, the hero of our podcast. Excuse me, Max Robert McDowell. It's it's true. Max Robert McDowell, our our good pal, you know. (laughs) We are the Robert McDowell, Max Robert McDowell podcast. No longer the Pinstripe Alley podcast. Yeah, I mean, what else are we going to talk about, right? I mean, he's definitely listening. Yeah, but the fact that uh, the Yankees do think a lot of an actual young up-and-comer like Austin Wells, who they drafted first round last year, I mean, they'd probably be looking toward the future anyway, but they are still harvesting some good catching prospects down there, and if Gary doesn't turn it around, then they might have to turn to it. But hopefully he'll just, you know, be 2019 Gary all over again. I'm not even necessarily hoping that he turns into 2017 Gary uh, or 2016 Gary, which is just another level, which I don't think he'll get to again, and I don't think any other catcher will get to again in a long time. But if he can even do what he did in 2019, that would be great. Pitchers yeah, I mean, still that's like literally all they need. He doesn't need to be 2016 Gary to still be great. He's 2019 Gary. That's still great. That's still great from your catcher. I mean, yeah, absolutely. A catcher is not a very offensively productive position. So if they're getting anything close to 2019 levels of Gary out of there, then they're more than happy. Yeah. Anyway, Gary Sanchez, my pick for 2021 AL Comeback Player of the Year. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. We're going to take a quick ad break here and we'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back, and we're still doing our draft of what we're most excited about for 2021. I believe, unless I've messed up the draft order again, it's my turn. Yes. Okay, now <laughs> I will take Corey Kluber. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because, uh, you know, like LeMayhew, he's just it's the fun to watch in the cyborg kind of way about, like, I'm just doing my job. I am pitching. I am dominating. This is fine. Do not worry. <laughs> and I don't know if we'll see Cy Young Corey Kluber again. I think that's a long shot, but I think this is the kind of competitor and veteran who knows how what he's doing out there on the mound and can definitely give you several good innings and turn it over to this bullpen. And he's, he could end up being a big difference maker this year. As I said, I don't know if he'll be like a co-ace or anything, but I think he could be a very steady number two or even like a number three mid-rotation presence. Yeah, I mean, Corey Kluber is somebody who for years, you like, you know, anybody's looked, watched him pitch and said, man, I wish he was on my team outside of Cleveland baseball team because that's where he was and then eventually got traded to the Rangers. But I don't think he's at that level of like, and I hate to mention him in this uh, regard, but I don't think he's at the level of like Felix Hernandez who's looks pretty washed, can't stay healthy and just like probably should retire just because I don't think he's getting anywhere. He's not there yet. Obviously, the last two years have been marred by injury for Corey Kluber, but I'm still very excited to see him. You know, he's somebody, like I said, I've been wanting him on my on the Yankees for a while. So if he can just be healthy, I, so far, all signs point towards he will be healthy or he is healthy. I don't see, I don't want to say will be. Again, like you said, like he's not going to be, he may not be like, you know, Cy Young, Corey Kluber, but he'll provide solid innings and hopefully potentially even be like a co-ace for, for the Yankees. Cause who knows? Maybe he'll just come back to Corey Kluber for him. Yeah. I mean, opening day is a time to be optimistic. So, you know, we can hope that Corey Kluber rakes, you know, <laughs> so we'll take it. Yeah. All go, right. Go, who you got? go Klubot. Anyway. Um, so my next pick is going to be the other off season pitching acquisition. Jamison Tyon. Again, a lot of this, a lot of this year make, uh, hinges on a uh, healthy rotation and people stepping up and p- people who haven't pitched in a couple of years or a year, you know, leading the way. And Jamison Tyon's one of those guys. So the fact that he's like best friends with Garrett Cole just makes it a lot more fun for me to watch him, you know, because I want to see them do best buddy stuff. But he's someone I'm excited to see what he brings. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of potential hype, but there's also a little bit of or a decent amount of probably well-deserved concern for somebody coming off of a second Tommy John surgery. Yeah, this is a guy who could definitely be a difference maker, but the Yankees are understandably going to take it very carefully with him. They're holding him out for the sixth game of the season rather than starting him in the rotation immediately. But I have trust that they're going to build him up appropriately and that he'll end up being a pretty good contributor to this team. And he's the kind of guy that has a whole bunch of weapons in his arsenal and he could definitely put in some great pitching performances out there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I think he'll have a lot of energy pumped up personally to, you know, play outside of Pittsburgh to be play at a pennant race and be and again play with Garrett Cole, who's his good pal. So my good friend Garrett. Yeah, uh, yes, my good friend Garrett. That's what Jameson says. You know, I want to see videos of them drinking wine together. You know, <laughs> I hope he's saved in his like phone with like BFF and like a couple emojis or something like that <laughs> instead of just Garrett. Yeah. Well, what if randomly Jameson Tyon decided to start becoming Didi with the post game tweets? 
<laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, it, it would probably sting at first because, like, it, it, it'd be like, you know, that scene in uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 where Harry just comes out of nowhere and looks at Snape and is like, how dare you st- stand where he stood? <laughs> It'll be very much those vibes when, like, you know, Ty Hunter trying to do post-game tweets. But then if he's doing it well, I'll probably, you know, be okay with it and allow him to continue. Because, you know, he's waiting for my approval. Tyone is coming out there in the uh, other Captain America outfit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, spoilers, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen, I guess, even the trailer? Yeah. At least what uh, Tyon has going for him is that his face does not look as punchable. So that's good. Yes. Yeah, I will I will take Jimson Tyon over Wyatt Russell. Sorry, Wyatt Russell. <laughs> but I think you'll be fine. Anyway, <laughs> Wyatt Russell is not being drafted in my things I'm most excited about the 2020 Yankees. <laughs> I'm leaving him off the board. How dare you? I know, I know. All right, is it me now? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take um, Jason Dominguez actually playing real baseball somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because like this is not a guy that we're going to see in 2021, obviously, or 2022, or honestly, probably 2023, because he is so freaking young. But you hear the reports about how hard this guy hits the ball and he's only a teenager and you just can't help but be excited about the Yankees future with him. Prospect analysts are putting him like way high and he hasn't even played a professional game yet, but you know, in 2021, he'll get his first exposure probably down in rookie ball. And hopefully we'll be able to get a better idea of what this guy actually is. I'm still a few years away, but Hey, I will take anything over just like word of mouth. (laughs) What do you mean? You don't think he's actually Mickey Mantle times Mike Trout plus like Aaron Judge divided by uh, one times 15? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Those comparisons can stop anytime. They they should have stopped before they even started, to be honest. Like, I get that he's very exciting and all that, but yeah, the, the comparisons were... I don't even want to say a bit much. They were just too much. Oh, yeah. No, um, CeCe Sabathia talked about this on the recent RTC2 podcast where he's like, this kid's like 17 and they're calling him Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. They need to like stop or they're just going to be inevitably disappointed. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> he doesn't need to be Mike Trout or Mickey Mantle to be good or great even. Like he could just be Jason Dominguez. Just go be the best Jason Dominguez you are. Live your best life, kid. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to see if at least, you know, obviously in the rookie ball or whatever, like he's even living up to the hype there. And again, he doesn't need to live up to the hype because the hype is just absurd, but just go out and hit a ball and let's just see what he can do. Complex rookie league ball is like not even real baseball either, but it's closer to real baseball than what we've seen. You know, as soon as he hits a home run, everyone's going to be like, see, we told you he's Mickey Mantle. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. It's like, um, oh my God, what's the name of that, uh, the kid who like stole 70 bases that year and just couldn't do anything else after like five, six years ago. He's oh, Jorge Mateo. Yeah, he's going to be the next second baseman or shortstop or whatever because he stole 70 bases that one year and then just fell off the face of the earth and couldn't do anything else again. Hey, Jorge Mateo emerged. He's going to be on the Padres bench, you know, so, you know, he's around. <laughs> I would have named about 47 Major League Baseball teams before I would have guessed he's on the Padres. Yeah, he did do some bench contributions last year, so he's hanging in there but he's definitely not like you know all-star shortstop of the future anymore yeah so would have named 47 active major league baseball teams because before i would have named the padres if you told me to guess where jorge mateo was yeah it was funny when the yankees you know traded for glaber torres people were like wait what about jorge mateo i thought he was a shortstop of the future then suddenly right. we see what glaber torres can do it's like uh okay i guess that's a good call <laughs> maybe the yankees know more about the players in the organizations than we do 
<sighs> I guess. <laughs> but anyway, back to Jason Dominguez. Yeah, he, he, it'll be just fun to see what he does with, you know, actual real baseball game action. <laughs> yes. Maybe he can hopefully be Max McDowell someday. <laughs> Max Robert McDowell. <laughs> see, you're never going to forget who he is now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Who you got next? All right. For me, the next one is going to be Luis Severino. I mean, we haven't seen him pitch in a long time. I, I, I miss that he dude. Was really good. He's a really good pitcher. And uh, I miss that dude. He's fun to watch. I'm excited to see him come back, hopefully healthy, hopefully contributing at Luis Severino levels. Now, the one thing I'm very afraid of is if the Yankees need a pitcher midseason, then they're going to be like, we're getting, we're getting Luis Severino back. And it's going to be like a mid, uh, it's going to be like a trade deadline acquisition. Yay. We don't need to do anything that I'm very not excited about about but i'm still just excited to see him come back and you know can hopefully contribute to this team and you know pitch to the level that we know he's capable of because we've seen it yeah uh it would be absolutely great to see luis severino again and i'm really hopeful that we do see that in the second half but at the same time yeah if the yankees need some pitching help severino can't be their only acquisition <laughs> no like that that's more like a oh hey this happened to work out in addition to what we did rather than no no we're good we got this this yeah. guy who's coming off of an injury hasn't pitched in a year and a half. We can rely on him, which yeah. does seem to be their MO. So like maybe they will actually do that. But I do, I do like Luis Severino is a good pick because I think that we will eventually see him and he will help remind people of just how good a pitcher he once was. So again, right. people are going to have to not expect him to immediately be 2017 Severino because like Tyone, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. So he'll might need a little bit to round into form, but he has the talent to do it. Yeah. Go, go. I'm ready for Sebi season. All right. I think this is the last pick of the draft coming up here for me, unless uh, you think I've miscounted. No, no. I think it ends on you. Okay, cool. All right. My last pick is going to be Darren O'Day, which is a really weird ass pick. I know, but (laughs) side armors are fun to watch when they're, when they're on because hitters just completely don't know what to do with it. And, And it's such a different angle than pretty much anyone else in the bullpen is throwing. And I think it's really going to cause problems. Darren O'Day is like a guy who I have really liked watching him play on other teams for years, whether it's the Braves or the Orioles. He just always has a good idea of what he's doing out there and it throws hitters off. And I think mixing that in with all the other big arms in the bullpen, your Greens, your Chapmans, your Britons, once he's back, it's going to be a great addition. Yeah, it, it's funny that you brought him up as your last thing because he, he would have actually been like, an, I actually wanted to give him like an honorable mention shout out because I hate side armors when they're like facing the Yankees just because like they make me uncomfortable watching oh, yeah. them. So I can't imagine how like the bats feel, but having him pitch for the Yankees, I'm very excited to see that because, you know, for years he's pissed me off. So now hopefully he'll reverse some of the, damage, the emotional damage he's done to me. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully now we will exercise some of those frustrated demons. So and now he's on our side. So uh, hopefully he does not just blow up, which is always possible to relieve contracts. But, you know, I think he'll right. be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's, he's here in a one-year deal or I, don't, I think it's a one-year deal. I'm assuming a one-year deal. Like even, even if it does blow up in the Yankees' faces, oh, well. Oh, shucks. With one year of the player option. Oh, okay, so, deals. I mean, still, like he's, <laughs> it's not like they signed him to like a five-year, $90 million deal or whatever the hell um, that would actually matter if yeah. you blew up year one <laughs> like if it backfires in the face again you throw your hands up and say oh shucks yeah okay well i think that'll do it for our draft and uh we'll end this opening day podcast with our yankee and the <laughs> mitre of the week Yay. Yeah. all right who's your yankee of the week coach 
So my Yankee of the Week is going to be Davey Garcia. Um, just because, you know, he won that. Uh, I forgot what the name of the award is now. I'm blanking off the top of my head. But like the most the, outstanding rookie the, in camp. The James P. Dawson Award. Yeah, the James P. Dawson Award. Thank you. Yeah, so... Again, he had one bad start in his final start, but outside of that, he was very exciting to watch all the spring. He was sharp. He was, he was, you know, showing the Yankees kind of what a lot of what we saw last year when he actually got called up and, you know, we're going to be seeing a lot of this kid uh, this year. So it was just nice to see him come and have such a strong spring. So like if anybody even had any doubt, like, oh, could he repeat his performance? He could. Will he? That's a different story, but he absolutely could and can. So he's earned my Yankee of the Week for that reason. Yeah, that's a good call. And honestly, he would have been a good person to take on the draft board too, because I think he's going to end up coming us up at some point, as we said over and over on this podcast, and making a difference. And he's got a promising future ahead. So I'm looking forward to see what he does. Yeah. Yeah. So who's your Yankee of the Week? My Yankee of the Week is Glaber Torres, because Glaber Good. He's another yeah. guy who I very easily could have taken on my board because I think he's going to have a good comeback season. I think he'll be more comfortable at shortstop now that he's used to playing there again a little bit more and he's worked on it. And also he's jacked and uh, I think he's going <laughs> to hit some dingers too for whatever it's worth, which is probably not much, but he did lead the team in, homer- in homers in spring training with five. So I think that's enough to earn some honors in this regard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Glaber Day is starting to become my favorite holiday. So there we go. I and always to, observe just, Labor Day. Exactly. And just to the point that you mentioned while we were doing the draft, like we are a very spoiled fan base or a very fortunate fan base, whichever way you want to look at it, in the sense that we did like a draft of things we're excited about. We didn't mention Glaber Torres or Davey Garcia. And I don't think either of us had like a bad pick either. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't mention the, you know, 24-year-old shortstop who the last time there was a full season of real baseball hit 38 home runs. So- <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're kind of lucky in that yeah. sense. Glaber yeah, good. It's a good pick. Glaber good. I'm glad you did him justice by making him your Yankee of the Week. Yes. And we didn't, we didn't, yeah, didn't we, draft him. Yeah, we blew it. I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't feel bad about my Darren O'Day pick, but I do feel a little bad that it's like O'Day over Glaber <laughs> Torres. You know, I'm going to give it to you. You threw us for, you, you sidearmed us there. That's true. Yeah. Darren Yay. O'Glay. There you go. Baseball jokes that only I laugh at. <laughs> All right. Who's your Mitre of the Week? So I was originally coming into this uh, podcast very optimistic about opening day. And I was going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to have a meal of the week. Screw it. It's opening week. Baseball's coming back. We're going to have a lot of fun. But I'm not doing that anymore. Because yesterday, the Yankees organization as a whole, by the way, is my Mitre of the Week. Because <laughs> yesterday, they decided to scare the crap out of us with very ominous, Aaron Boone's not going to meet with the zoo, uh, media today. Brian Cashman will. Brian Cashman's not, not going to be available for another seven minutes. And nobody just had any idea what was going to happen. And I genuinely thought like someone died or something like that because of just it how weird. ominous it was and weird it was. And so, you know, the Yankees are my Mitre of the week. Take that. Yeah. It didn't help that, you know, Aaron Judge was sick and out of the lineup yesterday, but the fact that they had not really said anything, and, and I get it because he's going through COVID-19 protocols and that involves its own sort of clearances and stuff like that. But that was a little frightening too, considering he hadn't played since Friday and the opening day is around the corner and we want to see some Aaron Judge big boy dingers. So. Right. Yeah. So it was just all in all like a bad, like 35 minutes on the on Yankees internet. I would say Yankees Twitter, but that's not a thing for me. So just on Yankees internet, like a bad, bad half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, your Mitre of the Week. My Mitre of the Week. Who am I going to pick for my Mitre of the Week? I'm going to pick Rob Manfred 
just because I don't really have a better pick, and I feel like that's never a bad time to say Rob Manfred is not a very good commissioner for this sport entering the season. Yeah. Imagine, like, when Bud Selig was, like, retiring, we're like, oh, finally. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, you suck, too. <laughs> I'm not here to play the game of comparing them because they're just both bad. We don't need to say, oh, well, maybe one's less bad than the other. No, they're just both bad. We don't need to. Yeah. It's a pass fail. They both fail. So whatever. I'm glad you said that statement as I went with maybe worse, but yeah. fine. Just rain on my parade, Merns. <laughs> I just, no, I, yeah, I, mean, I can't with this guy. He's not, he's not good for the game of baseball at all. He actively hates baseball. <laughs> he makes it seem like he does. Yeah, if you could see a GIF for this segment, it would be that GIF from opening day last season of Manfred on ESPN with the lightning bolt in the background. Yeah, as they're changing playoff rules or whatever the hell was going on while the game was underway. (laughs) Yeah, watch. We're going to find out like halfway through opening day that actually there are 15 playoff teams. And for some reason, the National League is one more than the American League for no real reason. And they also have DHs now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, only only the East Coast teams have DHs. It'll make sense. Yeah. Go away, Rob, Rob Manfred. Well, you do your so, namesake of Max Robert Maxwell? What the hell's his name? I forgot his name. Max Robert McDowell. McDowell. You do him injustice. Anyway. Anyway, we hope you've enjoyed the Max McDowell Power Hour. Yeah. So that'll do it for us on this episode of the Not Max McDowell Podcast, of the Pinstripe Alley Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Mern's PSA. Follow Kunj on Twitter at I'm Not a HR Hitter, which is definitely Kunj. Do not ask questions. It is definitely it's me. It's me. You'll see me tweeting about Godzilla versus Kong a lot over the next few days, which is how you know it. It's definitely me. Exactly. Big, uh, big Skell and Skarsgård fan over here. <laughs> yes. I hope there's a lot of good dialogue in that movie. Oh, excuse me. I, I said the wrong Skarsgård. It's Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> I honestly didn't pay attention to which Skarsgård you said. I just said, I just heard Skarsgård and I assumed you were right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was close. <laughs> And this brings an end to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier slash Godzilla versus Kong pod. Yeah, featuring Max McDowell. <laughs> Max Robert McDowell. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, anyway, we'll be back next week because we'll be going uh, weekly during the uh, Yankees regular season because why wouldn't we? There's actual real baseball to talk about, not just a whole bunch of spring training. So we'll see you next week and hopefully we'll have some fun Yankee shit to talk about and not everyone will have died. Yeah. And more importantly, I'll probably be actually watching the games now. (laughs) Exactly. Win, win, win. All right. Bye, everyone. Go Yankees. Go baseball.